Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome. Today is the 31st day of the Counting of the Omer. It's an exciting day. And uh, we are studying the Torah portion. This is Ryan Cabrera with the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, and I'm here with Pastor Nick Plummer. And the Torah portion this week is Behar, which means on the mountain. It is a short one. It is Leviticus chapter 25, verse 1 through chapter 26, verse 2. Um, but we do have a full, I want to say it's like 56 or 57 verses to go through for you today. Yeah, you know, we uh, only have this portion and one more portion, and we will be completing uh, the book of Leviticus. So just a quick review here for all of you that are listening, just to reiterate this. Uh, the theme of Leviticus is, you shall be holy. You shall be holy. It starts with consecration. It ends with consecration. I love this book. Um, once again, chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God, and it deals with redemption, Day of Atonement. But of course, uh, chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God, uh, the restoration, and of course, the year of Jubilee. One big theme is holiness, holiness. You know, I don't know how I feel about finishing Leviticus, you know, because I really feel like we got into Leviticus this year. And, you know, my previous years, Leviticus, you know, I kind of slack usually in my reading around the time that I get to Leviticus. Uh, but I've enjoyed Leviticus this year. But, you know, the other thing is going to numbers after this. You know, we can do this because there are examples for us yeah. in what not to do. Well, And Numbers it's, is a tough book. <laughs> it is. And it's just like anything. You know, we are actually, I think, faced with the same challenges, but we have the answers to the test. So Leviticus, it is so named because it records the duties of the Levites, the Hebrew name for the book. Uh, the first word of the Hebrew text means, and he called. This title is representative of the content and purpose of the book, uh, namely the calling of God's people and in particular, the calling of the Levites to minister before him. Uh, this third book of Moses is a primer for the moral and ethical instruction of the chosen people of God. What an incredible book, the book of Leviticus. It is the meat of Torah. Uh, to the left is Genesis and Exodus. To the right, Numbers and Deuteronomy. So here we are, Behar on the mountain. Topically, going to go over this. Uh, what is to happen to the land every seven years, Leviticus 25 in verse 4. It says here in verse 4, But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. So here we have the land is going to have a Sabbath. Just like when they had to collect the manna for six days, they had enough for the seventh day, uh, a Sabbath of rest unto the land. And a Sabbath for the Lord. You know, it's interesting. The farmers would tell you that you just can't keep plowing the same field. You have to let the land rest and make sure it has the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and all the things that it needs and is this, topically. Is this what they call the Shemitah? It's interesting. The Shemitah. It, it says here in Leviticus 25.10, here's a question. Uh, how many years had to pass in order to announce a Jubilee year? Uh, so the Jubilee is 50 years. 50 years. Okay. So... Ryan's going to read Leviticus chapter 25, verse 10, in reference to the Jubilee year and 50. All right, here we go for fill in the blanks. It says, And ye shall hallow the 15th year and proclaim... That's the 15th. 
Look at that. So you shall hallow the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. In Hebrew, uh, the jubilee is Hayovel, right? Interesting. We like Hayovel. Hayovel. Leviticus chapter 25, verse 17. Uh, did the Lord want his people to oppress others? Uh, no. No, oppression, that's a heavy word. Uh, what comes to my mind, Ryan, is that as we go into the Hebrews of the Christian faith and we practice our faith, the thing that comes to my mind is the one thing I think we should not do is to be critical of the church or criticize the church. That, that could be a form of oppression as far as a synonym. But, you know, it's interesting that I think when the Lord comes back, the church is going to be the church. The synagogue is going to be the synagogue. But I believe that in these last days, the Lord is going to have a bride. Well, so why spend all your time ago, in negativity? You know, why, why negativity when you could share what you're for, not what you're against? How much time do we really have? Like this podcast, you know, we don't need to be talking about everybody else and every controversial thing. Well, we need to get into this. Think about it. I mean, uh, even if we don't have compassion and mercy for those that are where we were, you know, I mean, think about it from from a church perspective. You you think about the unbeliever and how we're always reaching out to those and and evangelizing, so on and so forth. And it's kind of the same idea here that we're supposed to have grace and mercy for our brothers and sisters. It was just five years ago. I was eating pork, celebrating, you know, on uh, on Sunday if I was celebrating at all, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Oh, I mean, that, that's a good point. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we got to have a dump truck of mercy and grace. That's what we need. Dump truck. If you could go ahead and uh, read Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 21. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. Wow, the three for one special, folks. That is awesome. It shall bring forth fruit for three years. And you thought you were going to get a two for one special. And three no, is, no, no. is divine. It's of the Lord. This is These are powerful agricultural uh, aspects here, you know. Uh, here we go. In Leviticus chapter 25, 23, I'm even going to have Ryan read this verse because this is so important. We need to share this with the United Nothing. I mean the United Nations. Who does the land belong to? I think you had their acronym correct the first time, but uh, here it is. Verse 23 of chapter 25, it says, The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strict. Ye are strangers and sojourners with me. So wait a second. The land belongs to the Lord, and anyone that lives there is a stranger and sojourner with him? So think about it. So the land belongs to the Lord. So he can give. He can actually he can, he can give it to whoever he wants. And, and we know land for peace uh, isn't working, okay? It's just the bottom line. It's just not going to work. You know, I, I, I'm not anti-Arab or anti-Muslim. All I'm saying is that I believe that the Jewish people have a right to a homeland. Yes. They have a right to go back to their homeland. And uh, I love one of, one of the Knesset members said, uh, government officials of Israel was making reference, and I'm not saying his name, but he said, you know, that's our homeland. We didn't get the state of Israel because of the Holocaust. Right. We needed a homeland. We, we needed a homeland. We have a homeland called Israel. Let me share this with all of you that are listening right now. A couple things. Number one, the Jewish people, as far as the land of Israel, they don't even have 1% of the land mass that the Arabs have. Now let that sink in. The Jews don't even have 1% of the land mass that the Arabs have, yet the Arabs want that too. 
Food for thought. Another another statement here, and this is public records. If there were to be another Palestinian state or a state within a state or whatever it is, let me remind all of you, not one Jew can live in that state. That's apartheid. That is right apartheid. now, Judea and Samaria, Arabs and Jews live together. Yeah, they have communities, but they're side by side. And, and what I want to say to you is that we need to be educated. We don't need to be ignorant, burying our head in the sand. We need to get these facts out. We need to get this out to, to the people, to the public sector of life, and, and, and call a spade a spade. And, and those are the two things that I wanted to share with you in regards to who does the land belong to. Um, going uh, into this whole year of Jubilee and, and the Shemitah and different things, in Leviticus 25, 25, if a person sold away some of his possessions, could his relatives redeem them? They sure could. They, they could. They sure could. They could. See how uh, possessions are important. Isn't it one of the commandments about not coveting your neighbor's things, right? Don't covet possessions. Don't covet things, you know. That's so, right. That's I right. Mean, but like I said, you know, we can help each other out. Uh, I have Ryan. He's going to read Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 32. All right, here we go. It says, Notwithstanding the cities of the Levites... And houses of the cities of their possession may the Levites redeem at any time. So the Levites get these cities, they get their homes, and, and of course, what is their inheritance? Who is their inheritance? The Lord. It's the Lord. The Lord. The Levites' responsibility is, of course, to uh, be the clergy, be there to help the people. You know, when you have a skin condition or problems, you go to the priest. Uh, they are the ones that are going to teach you the Torah, the teachings and instructions. And They're, they were dispersed among all of the tribes. So they That's a, an interesting prophecy as well. Even to this day, I think it's interesting. So in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 40, if a brother was sold as a hired servant, how long did he have to serve? Until the year of Jubilee. There you go. So that's the agreement. Until the year of Jubilee. You know, uh, I love Jubilee. I turned 50 May 11th last year. I'm going to be 51. And, and like I said before, you know, uh, 50, 50 is a great year. I'm not as fast as I used to be, but I'm a lot smarter. So are you on the top of the hill at 40 or 50? 50, you're like on top of the hill. Oh. Okay. And you're looking down at the 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds. Okay. But you got this younger generation pushing you from the back. Yeah, you know, yeah So you got to yeah, watch gotcha. out. So, so 50 is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, question number 10, Leviticus chapter 25, verse 44. Who would serve the children of Israel as bondmen and bondmaids? Uh, it says the heathen in nations. King James, but it's the goyim. The, yeah, the, the goyim, nations. you know. Uh, heathen's a, a, a very powerful word, but, but once again, uh, they would serve the children of Israel as bondmen and bondmaids. You know, it's interesting, and this is not about racism or hierarchy or, or pride or anything, but uh, I don't have time to get into it. But there's some interesting scriptures in Isaiah in referencing the help that Israel would get from the nations, even from kings and queens. Uh, they would even carry your young, it says. So what's interesting is that, and, and when I was in my prayer closet praying, I felt inspired that the Lord was really telling me, you know, listen, the more obedient you are, the more I can give you, the more favor, the more blessings. Why? Because ultimately, we want to receive God's purpose in our spirit, in our soul. And when we receive that purpose, we begin to walk it out with the Father. And the next thing you know, hey, I'm with Ryan, you know, I'm with others that share the same purpose. So we're not here to have infighting or disagreements. We're here to walk out that purpose, us and our children. And I can't tell you enough how, how awesome that, that point is. So, 
here we go. They would serve the children of Israel, the heathen. Uh, uh, Leviticus chapter 25, verses 47 and 48. Could the children of Israel redeem one of their brethren sold to a sojourner or a stranger? Yes, yes, they could. Wow, extending a hand, helping them out. I think that is the coolest thing, extending a hand right there. Uh, here we go. We can develop uh, this a little bit more. I'm going to have you read uh, Leviticus chapter 25, verse 55. And here's the question. Who are the children of Israel unto the Lord? It says, For unto me the children of Israel are servants. Servants. They are my servants whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And so whenever... We're servants. Right. And, we'll, and when he's telling them that they're going to be coming out of Egypt, they're leaving for what reason? For, for no other reason than to serve the Lord. Amen. I think it's incredible. You know, uh, I'll share this. Back in 2015, I was really seeking the Lord at the beginning of the Gregorian year in January, and we're in the midst of the Torah portions and everything, and we're going to go into a brand new feast cycle. We got, of course, we got the Purim and the Spring Feast, and this is back in 2015. And I and I felt inspired by the Holy Spirit, asking for a word. He says, read Isaiah 40 to 66. And I'm like, Wow, I just wanted a word. I didn't want half a book. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's uh, that's referencing the New Testament, because chapters 1 through 39 is a picture of the Old Testament. Uh, there's 66 chapters in Isaiah, 66 books in the Bible. Interesting food for thought. So finding myself reading Isaiah 40 to 66 was quite a, quite a job. So I kept reading it over and over. After the sixth reading, it dawned on me. Two things stood out. He says to Israel... You are my servant, you are my witness, you know, and, and I, I just got done reading a book and referencing the, uh, the courts of heaven and different things like a, a judicial system. And, and I want to just give you this thought so that you can actually begin to meditate on this particular portion. Imagine Satan going before the Lord, accusing us day and night. What evidence does he have? Mm, don't this give him any really, evidence. really shook me up because I was thinking to myself, Man, if I'm mean to my wife, or if I'm mean against the church, or if I'm, you know, uh, whatever, whatever it is, my secret sin, here's the, here's the devil going before the Lord saying, look at your child. So how long is that going to last? If, right. if the attorney, like Satan is like an attorney, goes before a righteous judge, what is that judge going to have to do? Could he He's going to have to give you a whooping. Could he be the devil's advocate? I don't want him to be the devil's advocate, <laughs> but all I'm saying is that you got to understand that, that, you know, Satan went before the Lord to accuse Job and do some things. And it, it's just food for thought. So if, if we're accusing the church and bashing the church and, and going after ministers and ministries and calling them out, think about it, Ryan, we're just like him. Our, our job, the brethren. I mean, our job is to be above reproach, to represent the Lord in a meaningful way, because you, know, you hear in the church all the time that you may be the only Jesus or they ever see or ever meet, or you may be the only Bible they ever read. Um, and this is a true statement, but even so, it goes to your character, because when it comes to the fact that the enemy is accusing you every morning and every evening before the Lord, that's a statement of fact from the Bible. And if we're giving him evidence against us to use against us, it's only to our own detriment. Um, you know, I, I want to just give you this food for thought. I'm going to go back a little bit here. I'm going to look at Joel, since we have time on this particular podcast. I'm going to share something with all of you that I think you'll find 
uh, very interesting in regards to who does the land belong to. It belongs to the Lord. So here, here we go. I'm going to read Joel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Once again, there, there it is in the valley of Jehoshaphat, because you have parted my land. The nations are going to come down and there's going to be, there's going to be a price to pay is what there's there's going to be. So, yeah, not a good. Can't idea. encourage all of you enough. Be servants, outserve one another. You know, and, and and I tell stories about me working around the church and doing, and I'm only trying to to inspire others. There's so much to do. You know, I found Ryan's son uh, picking up trash off the property. Didn't even tell him. Didn't even ask him. Here he is, a young man. You know, and I I, I didn't even say, hey, Christian, good job. I just watched him. I looked at him, and I said, that young man is picking up trash off the, the, the church property and he's throwing it in the garbage can. I said, I was like, I had to pinch myself. This is, this is what I want. This is what I want. You know, there's just so much to, if, if you're productive and you do all these things, you don't have time to complain. You know, you just don't have time to complain. You know, since we're bragging on my son, uh, last night, so we have this little thing that I did, started with Abigail, my youngest, where I take him up to the top of the of my driveway. My driveway is like on a hill and I have to take the trash. It, it feels like two miles, but it's probably more like a tenth of a mile. Um, and we take it up and there's this little platform there. And if you've seen pictures of Elan Moray, the platform at my driveway kind of looks like the platform at Elan Moray. There's like a little rock ledge or whatever that would keep you from falling off. And so we'll stand there and, and I'll tell the, the prophecy that God gives to Abraham about look to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and look up to the stars of heaven and the sand of the seashore, all that stuff. You know, and to all that you see, you know, I will give to you and to your seed after you. And then I tell them about Galatians 3.29. And so this is something, you know, every, every uh, Monday night, after Bible study here at the church, we, I, we drive down the thing and then I take the trash up. So Abigail started it. So she started telling, uh, Christina and Christian, you know, about her little story. That's our little thing. So now Christine and Christian have started wanting to come up and take the trash with me as well. And so they're like, tell us the story, tell us the story, tell us the story. So this has been going on for probably a year, you know, and, uh, and now Christian and I go, go up and the girls, I guess had gone inside to take up the trash was just he and I. And I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, or he says, Hey, can we do the thing? You know, they call it the thing. Can we do the thing where I tell the story of look to the North, the South, East and the West. And then I tell him, who's the seed of Abraham. I'm the seed of Abraham, you know, all that. So, uh, I said, well, why don't you tell me the story? And he told me the story. He's like, look to the North and to the South and to the East and to the West and all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your descendants after you. And uh, look to the stars of heaven. If you can count or number them, that's the number of the descendants that you will have, and the, uh, more numerous than the sand of the seashore. And I'm like, my mind. So was if I was there and I was looking down, I would say, since the last time I was there, hey, who who stole the chickens? Yeah. So we moved them to the south. But yeah, yeah. You moved yeah. the chickens. You know, that's interesting how, how we how we do all of that. You know, how, how we look at that. So so think about it. We, we want to be servants. I'll serve one another. You Speaking know? of who the lamb belongs to, by the way. That's this is true. So uh, we're closing in on the end here. Uh, was the Lord against graven images? Uh, Leviticus 26, 1. 
Well, as long as they're of like something that's meaningful to us, it's okay, right? No, no, no. The Lord is against graven images. You know, the golden calf didn't really work out for us. Hang on. So let's see. Well, I, you know, sometimes the Bible's not clear. So let, let's read the verse and see what it says. Go ahead. Ye shall make no idols, nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. I don't think that's very clear. We're going to have to... That is very clear. We're going to have to think about that verse so for let's, a little let's, longer. So let's, let's end on a happy note here. Let's end on the... Uh, actually, let's end on the last verse. Uh, chapter 26, verse 2. Uh, I'm going to have Ryan's going to read that in regard to the Shabbat. So here's what it says. It says, Ye shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. You know, Ryan... I, I mean, think about this, Ryan. In the times in which we live... Don't you think the Sabbath is probably needed now more than ever? Oh, man. Because of so many directions that we go, so many things that we're doing, the Shabbat is truly, truly, truly uh, a blessing. We we had the opportunity of having Hanok uh, Young uh, stay with us. Uh, He came in on Thursday night. He just left this afternoon. uh, and, And I asked him, would you mind please being the facilitator uh for the shabbat uh because you know <laughs> I've, I've only been exposed to the shabbat for you know 23 years but when you really go back to how old the shabbat is all the way back to the story of creation but i asked hanuk if he would not mind leading us in in the, in the sabbath prayers and everything and it was an incredible time uh to be together uh judah and ephraim i was at the end of the table he's at the other end of the table just we're just smiling at one another and I tell you, uh, incredible things are, are happening in the earth today that just really is going to rock this world, you know. And I can't tell you uh, enough that the Shabbat is so, so powerful, so energizing, so special to just really make that day sanctified and set apart to God. Uh, I'm not here to tell you uh, how to do the Shabbat, whether you eat off paper plates or china or whether you dress up or wear your cotton shorts. I'm not one to tell you how to celebrate Shabbat, but I will tell you this. It's got to be a day that is sanctified and set apart. It has to be different. So what we do is we just shut off all the the, the, the technology, the TV, the phones, the, the iPads, and uh, and we come to the table and we do our Shabbat and everything and the blessings and the food is great. And then we uh, go in the living room and we read the Torah portion. And then, of course, we prepare and get baths and everything. But anyway, that's what we do for Shabbat. And um, I, I'd love to hear uh, some of your experiences, what you do on Shabbat and uh, making it special. Amen. And there's also a big move here at Beit Tehillah that people are inviting one another to their homes for Shabbat and experiencing Shabbat together. And I think that's that's incredible, Ryan. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Ryan and the counting of the Omer and, and any last thoughts that he might have. And uh, just want to say to all of you that we are, of course, counting the Omer. We are heading towards Shavuot, and we are expecting great things. You know. I, oh, oh, I got to oh, tell you something. Tell me. My last thought. <laughs> Your last, last thought. And when I share this with a lot of you, maybe you're not quite getting the perspective or the paradigm, but, but the bottom line is this. Uh, the last time Judah and Ephraim were together basically was 3,000 years ago during the monarchy of the King King David. You know, and so, so go back and think about this, Ryan. Now, this is why 
I'm so excited. And, and well, is that relevant, Nick? Is this really even relevant? What, really, come on, this is so far out there. Well, let me tell you this much. Just recently, the dictator, King, Kim Jong-un, he stepped over into South Korea. He was the first North Korean leader to do so. In what, like 65 years? Since the 50s. Yeah. Since the Korean War or whatever. And, and it was interesting because Kim, Kim Jong-un went over to the south and, and, and shook his hand. And, and then he said, no, you come over to the north. So he had that leader of South Korea come over to his side. Little power play there, little e- equal opportunity, right? Yeah. And then, of course, they, they marched down the red carpet. But yeah. Ryan, I'm telling you. And then they held hands and skipped through a meadow. It was, <laughs> listen, I saw them walking together. Like Ephraim and Judah, like I see it today. And it was really inspiring that there is hope, there is peace. You so know? the North shall no longer envy the South, and the South shall no longer vex the North? I I don't know what that's about, but this, that's in Isaiah 11, I believe. But mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Ryan, what a parallel yeah. that this literally happened. You know, Hanok is actually, other than maybe a, a few, but Hanok is actually the first Orthodox Jew to recognize us as Ephraim or the nations coming back. Yeah, and I tell you, Ryan, it's well, in historical. The manner, in the manner that we understand, it is. It's historical. not meaning a bloodline. No, 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 yeah. not a bloodline or anything. Yeah. No, but I'm just—it's just so historical that there's reconciliation happening between Jews and Gentiles. Don't you want to be a part of that? Yeah, amen. What are you doing? Get up off your duff. Reach out. Touch someone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, reach out. Reach out. Do this thing. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about this. And and, and and you know what? It's it is a hard issue. Because my heart could be stony or, or hard or whatever, but my heart truly is open to, to what Hashem wants, to what God wants. Yeah. I mean, really. And and what an opportunity that we had and what a great turnout and everything. And Hanok will be back, but he's our tour guide for the Feast of Tabernacles uh, in Israel for the 70th anniversary. How appropriate is that? 70 means the nations. So here we are, the nations, and Hanok is Judah. He's the Jew. He's going to be leading the nations in the inheritance and checking out the land in, 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 at Tabernacles. And, yeah. and we'll be here uh, celebrating as well. That's awesome. All right, folks. So here we go. We are going to count the Omer to finish out the podcast today. Uh, If you have been keeping up every evening, you know that last night at sundown, we started the 31st day of the counting of the Omer, and this evening we will start the 32nd at sundown. But it is still the 31st day of the counting of the Omer, so we are going to count it together. And so let's go ahead and say, today is 31 days of the counting of the Omer, which is four weeks and three days of the counting of the Omer. And so uh, we'll say the blessing in Hebrew, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam. Asher Kidshenu, Bamitzvatav, Vitivanu Al Sifarat Ha Omer, and the blessing in English Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and commands us to count the Omer. Such an easy thing to do. We're counting up with anticipation to Shavuot, to the giving of the Torah and the giving of the Holy Spirit, Spirit and Truth, both given on the same day, 1500 years apart. What exciting stuff. I mean, God knows, I mean, when you think about uh, marketing and launching something and getting excited about an event, you were, we're counting up to the date where God gives his commands and his spirit. And so 
I want you guys to get uh, plugged into that. If you haven't been counting the Omer up to now, start tonight. Start with the 30-second night of counting of the Omer because we're counting up to 50. It's not too late. Jump in there with us. Start counting. Uh, figure out a way to, to, to mark it or number it or make it a memorial for yourself so that when we get to the 50th day, uh, you are as excited to receive the Torah and the Holy Spirit as God is to give it to you. Hope you guys are blessed by this podcast. You guys have a great week.